Uh, yeah. So basically in, in a 2015, uh, I was working for Starbucks and there was like a, a day sometime in, you know, when like the stock market dipped a little bit and like people were, you know, Wall Street were panicking or whatever. And uh, Howard Schultz, uh, you know, feels the need to speak up about this because he's very, very passionate about his customers and, and about uh, uh, the people who come into Starbucks. And so he, he um, uh, sent us, sent all of the, the partners a memo uh, that said, today's financial market volatility combined with great political uncertainty, both at home and abroad will undoubtedly have an effect on customer confidence and perhaps even our customers' attitudes and behavior. Our customers are likely to experience an increased level of anxiety and concern. Please recognize this, and as you always have, remember that our success is not an entitlement, but something we need to earn every day. Let's be very sensitive to the pressures of our customers may be feeling and do everything we can to individually and collectively exceed their expectations. And like, I remember reading this memo in the back room and I was just like, this is fucking like, I make make $9 an hour. This was in Florida at the time. And like, I was just like, this is fucking stupid. And of course, none of our customers like ever brought it up because like our customers were also, you know, working class schmucks. Like Mm -hmm. they don't have fucking like a stock market uh, fucking guys in here every single day. It was different than your normal day where you have the the regular, you know, I just thought like this, this guy's just absolutely insane like he's just he woke up he must have woken up that day panicking because he's like my my net worth has gone down by a couple million dollars temporarily and his barista was not significantly or uh adequately (laughs) sympathetic to this Mm -hmm. he didn't get the sort of smile and patience he deserved from his barista that day and boy did he notice because of uh stock market volatility the republican primary and brexit (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah and uh and uh, like this this is the kind of guy who who like you know he decides you know that he's going to solve racism um by by uh uh, asking starbucks baristas to put uh stickers on cups uh that say uh race together which is i mean (laughs) that idea like howard schultz is like has the same brain disease that Elon Musk has. He just doesn't post on Twitter all day. Uh, instead, he just whenever he feels a whim, he just uh, loads unloads it all on his on his uh, employees. So like uh, the whole race together idea, which was just like, oh, we need to start discussions with our customers about about racial inequality, and like no fucking barista has the patience to do do that when you're making fucking drinks just constantly. And like uh, that idea that he had for for the race together was like his uh his cave uh fucking submarine (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so like you know the the idea that you can solve racism with fucking stickers on cups is is like as as dumb as like thinking you can invent a new kind of submarine that rescues children from caves Welcome back to Mechanical Freak from Seattle, that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia. I'm Greg. I'm here with Mooney and Brian. And tonight, a very special guest, Twitter's at My Cheese Monster. Absolutely A-list local follow. One of the funniest accounts on there and someone I've always wanted to have on the show. You may also know her as Christine. Christine, welcome. Hi. 
First of all, I would just like to assure you that there will be no questions about the meaning of your Twitter app because I believe that the inscrutable names and aliases <laughs> you use for your content creation outlets are between you and your God. <laughs> well, um, then, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll uh, let you uh, continue to wonder. Um, I'm not wondering. I, I have say, no questions. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will say that the reason my tweets are so funny, as you say, is just because I have uh, severe ADHD. And so I have no impulse control and just will post literally every thought that pops into my head. Uh, A true poster. I can't control it. I can't control it. That's the po- that's the poster's order. It's not a this order. That's the poster's order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so glad to have you on, Christine. Um, it's been a long time coming. As you heard, dear listeners, Christine has some experience working for the Starbucks Corporation. Is that what brought mm-hmm. you to Seattle? Do you were you do you offer to transfer and just were like, I'll uh, let me go to to the heart where it all started. My my employer, <laughs> Metro, uh, my liege, or was, my life. Was it like a holy trip though? Maybe you went like on a holy trip, like a to pilgrimage Mecca or something. You know, pilgrimage. you know, I so I I did I did work for Starbucks before I moved to Seattle. I um I um lived in Florida beforehand with my, with my partner who also worked for Starbucks. And um, uh, yeah, so we both transferred to stores down here, not necessarily because we loved Starbucks so much, but really just because like, you know, Seattle seemed like a really neat city to live in. Uh, and it turned out actually it sucks. So uh, yeah. we regret that. <laughs> my next question was going to be how disappointing was yeah. that for you? Wow. And uh, yeah, so, so um uh, yeah, so at the time we were still kind of, you know, uh, not, it was pre-disillusionment with Starbucks. Um, you know, uh, they, they, uh, they call their, they call all of their employees partners. And I learned that that's because they're, uh, when you work for them, they're fucking you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just the, you know, the one big polycule, uh, over there at Starbucks. Yeah, um, they have the onboard, like they have onboarding, you know, so, and this is such a Seattle thing, but, um, you know, Ceres and Big Soy Naturals found this, um, found this literal polycule, um, onboarding deck, like the same onboarding deck you might get at like a job where it was just detailing like all of like the rules and regulations for the polycule. Uh, you have to be able to lift at least 50 pounds. Yeah, look, guys, look, guys, guys, guys. This inter DSA fighting has got to stop. All right, we can't we can't reveal we the polycule decks of other. Yeah, so, don't go in for this sort of internecine. Uh, you know, factionalism. we need left unity. Let's stop with the yeah. factionalism. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's all that Howard, Howard Schultz wanted when he was going to run for president. He was going to unite the left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. Like like many people we've had on here from uh, failed uh, campaigns, failed presidential campaigns. You also were on Harold Schultz's presidential campaign, correct? Oh yeah, I was his campaign manager. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> even cooler than being Bloomberg's campaign uh, manager. No, the truth is actually I I uh, still worked at his store uh, when when um, when he was doing that whole campaign, and I was just like I was was uh, just furious like i was like you know he's gonna ruin ruin it for bernie like if bernie wins the the nomination he's gonna run as an independent and like ruin the whole thing and i was just so pissed off and i was like i was like i swear if he comes in here uh i will be on the news like i i (laughs) something bad will happen (laughs) if if howard schultz walks into this place and uh and uh shows his face around here uh i would have you know there would have been a video of me you know screaming obscenities at him 
the same way that, you know, all across his entire book tour, uh, people were yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> Just awesome. out of curiosity, was there a single Starbucks employee that you ran into that was like, gave a shit at all about him running for president? Um, there were some people who were like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of, you know, I guess I guess he would he would uh, do pretty well. But um, I would say um, my store manager like what like it was in love with him, uh, like she was obsessed with him. Um, the day that he announced he was retiring, actually, from CEO, I, I like walked <laughs> I walked into the back room and like I saw her like sobbing at the desk in the in the office. And like my assistant manager was like consoling her. And, and I was like, oh, my God, like, did someone die? Who died? And I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, Howard Schultz just announced he's he's uh, he's retired. Like, he's Check not, your I'm Outlook like, email. <laughs> I'm like, like, I like I saw that coming. He's 90,000 years old. Like, <laughs> let him enjoy his six billion dollars in peace, please. I mean, like he retired from CEO and then like came back. Like, I mean, like he he was just he, this is like his like second resurgence, isn't it? Uh, so so they, they they named him Chairman Emeritus. Uh-huh. when he retired so now so he's he's still he's still like uh for forever and for always the ceo of our hearts yeah. uh even though he does not necessarily run the day-to-day of the business uh he he will uh show his head to to uh lead us and guide us to- towards the light <laughs> so he became like the dalai lama of exactly. like starbucks yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what we're going for with it with with starbucks we want to become uh one with with uh everyone's lives and and become the third place in our hearts okay so but we should clarify that when you say you worked at his store you mm-hmm. what you mean is you were howard schultz's personal barista for a time basically yeah so so he would come in you know every every so often and uh and order his coffee as a uh, short, flat white, uh, half full. Oh, God. Uh, and he wants to be in CEO mindset. That's a key. This is, this is rising <laughs> grind hustle tips with Gary V. And, and like our, our store was kind of, you know, because it was that place where executives would, would sometimes go. We had like, we were allotted like extra labor hours based on like the, cause like they have, they've got this weird, uh, uh, magical machine that decides how much each store gets as, as far as labor goes. And, uh, nobody has any control over it, but they've they've kind of uh, they gave it the the uh, secret words to give our store specifically more labor, so that the executives can can come in and see. Oh, everything's going fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is you know this is how every Starbucks is. There's enough people. There's there's enough staff. There's enough uh, everything to to and everything's you know peachy keen. Um, and uh, we would also have like a little doorbell next to the registers. And when they would come in, like a little panic button, we would press it three times. And three times was that's the that's the signal that Howard Schultz is here. And everyone who's in the store needs to be out on the floor working so that Howard Schultz knows that uh, we're all uh, doing really well and having fast drink times being made. And, and uh, uh, basically, we were lying to the executives about the the, yeah. the true nature of of uh, how much work it takes to to uh, to do all this work and these guys who run corporations like do mm. like all the things they have on their mind all the like work they've put into like you know managing these places and organizing them and it never occurs to them that they're just being constantly lied to you know like <laughs> that it's all bullshit yeah well, like it 
Oh, I mean, it, it, it reminds me of it's it's kind of like um, like during the agricultural crisis in China when they like, uh, you know, where Ma- Mao was hearing these like rumors, you know, of like just, uh, you know, like, it was bad stuff happening in different provinces. So then, you know, like his own people took him to his home province, which, you know, was being managed a lot better than like the other provinces and they were like because Mal was like I need to see this for myself you know like I, I, show me like how bad is this so, like rumors this western propaganda whatever and so like they took him to his home province but the thing is is like you know just because it was Mal's home province obviously it was getting a lot more attention so it was looking fine and he was like oh alright everything's good and uh, you know then shit really kind of blew up in other <laughs> other provinces and like you know uh, mm-hmm. agriculture like collapsed for a second uh, people you know so what you're saying is that maybe howard schultz did have a good program for dealing with landlords yeah i mean you know had some interesting ideas and uh you know mm-hmm. maybe he could have had his own uh brand cultural revolution in the way <laughs> well i do remember <laughs> when i worked at mcdonald's when the regional head would come by because everything's franchised out right and so the guy that owned our mcdonald's had like 15 mcdonald's in san antonio and when he'd come by, they would always, again, like you're saying, would overstaff the store, right? So instead of having two people at the front and, like, two cooks in the back, it'd be, like, 15 people in there. Sorry, you couldn't even, like, move around hardly because there were so fucking many people in the store. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it is a fascinating, uh, like, kabuki theater that, <laughs> that gets mm-hmm. done for the CS. So they can feel like, yeah, things are going great. I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> The um, rules. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> Jesus. Because uh, he has to know. He has to know. That's the thing. It's like it's not like they're getting like you run the company. You know, like you're you're doing this for yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, like at, at that level, at a certain point, like when you're uh, scaling up a retail corporation like that, you're bringing in scores and scores of mbas and executives to run that shit and becoming detached from it and that's the that's the plan that's how they're they're doing the playbook and you're not really involved you know like the playbook is to lie to the guys at the top you know mm-hmm. and to squeeze labor obviously oh yeah <laughs> um yeah we definitely felt the squeeze like like uh i think after after schultz uh, actually retired that, that extra 40 hours of labor a week went away. <laughs> like, All right, we, don't, we don't have to lie to them anymore. Uh, so uh, everyone's hours are getting cut. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, so for a time, the- that was like the only good Starbucks to work at. Oh no, it was not good at all. Uh, our manager was awful. Uh, she was she was vindictive and mean. Uh, but <laughs> that's a whole bunch of other stories. So was she trying to work her way up the corporate ladder, like get noticed? And I I think definitely like there is a lot of like there was a lot of Kool Aid drinking uh, there. Like uh, you know she, she's of course would every time Howard Schultz comes in with well you know just dote on him and blow smoke up his ass all, the whole time. Uh, so yeah, she was definitely very much trying to. Um, I think she would like she wanted to like stay in that district as the district manager, but like that way she could still be close to Howard Schultz because mm-hmm. uh, she did not she could not let go of the man. Um, <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever cried heard. over that yeah. the man. Like, yeah. Yeah, so so we we've, we've heard what the store runs like when Howard's around. Uh, how does it run when he's not around? Yeah, when Howard's not around, he, uh, the stores would basically just be you know the same kind of annoying slog of like just trying to make drinks as fast as possible. Uh, you know, the sticker printers just 
constant um, constant printing of, of like mobile order tickets and uh, just trying to to uh, get things done uh, quickly and uh, efficiently. And yeah, it was it was no 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 picnic. Yeah, I mean, it does rock because it used to be, you know, when you work in a place that has like a drive through or customers coming in, you could kind of regulate the sort of speed at which customers get processed or however mm-hmm. you want to call it uh, by just serving them slower, right? <laughs> or being yeah. slower. And those, those mobile ticket orders and online uh, ticket, you know, online ordering and stuff like that, man, that's been great for workers. That's been fantastic. Yeah. Now there's no way to regulate it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually so so after after I moved to Ballard, I transferred to a a drive through only store, the one that's made out of like the sh- shipping containers. On 15th. Yeah, on fifteenth, and <laughs> yeah. so it's literally like you know the little sardine can of shipping containers. Um, yeah, and like we would of course you know that was not one of the ones with the enhanced uh, labor staffing. So like there would be times where I would have to be uh, taking orders at the order box while I'm also handing out. Uh, drinks at the window and taking people's money and like they want you to keep window times under like 30 seconds and like their whole like time from the order box to the like to the window like three and a half minutes or two and a half minutes or something and i found that um if i make them wait at the order box before i take their order i can deal with the person at the window and keep the times up look look at make it look like we're we're serving them quickly but i was actually just like removing one car from the from the line <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh i managed to i was like i was like slowing it down and like it was great and like there would be people who would who would would come in and you know they didn't know what i was doing and so they'd be like oh do you like i would say oh yeah hold on one second please and then i would help the person at the window and then someone would assume like oh my god she needs help she needs help and i'm like no don't don't answer them i will get them <laughs> they they've heard someone's voice they know that they have to wait they're they're happy and mm-hmm. like that would not doing that would not only like keep it so that I don't have to do two things at once and like scramble my brain, but also it would slow down uh, orders at the like at the, um, the at the bar and at the, at the uh, ovens and like everyone was much happier when I was doing like two things two of those things simultaneously and like uh, I love doing that because I just wanted to make things easier for everyone and not have to like stress out and like whenever someone else was in that position trying to do both of those things at once, I was just like, Oh my God, you're doing this all the wrong way. And you're working too hard for no reason because you're not getting, getting paid anymore. Yeah, yeah seriously. Mm-hmm. So did, yeah, step one were, at any job should be figure out how to do it the slowest possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. And like people would, and the manager would come over and they'd be like, Oh wow, your window times are really great. I'm like, yeah, it's because because they only count the, the time at the window and not the time they're waiting at the, at the order box. So like, if I'm going to make them wait, I'm going to make them wait at the spot where the time is not is not going. Yeah. So when you were at uh, Uncle Howie's store, like, mm-hmm. did you ever get any like in-person full pep talks like the one he gave to uh, workers considering a union in New York <laughs> last week? Uh, no, he did not. He did not really like to be uh, uh, addressed very much. Um uh, I think relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was, uh, 
I, I actually worked with someone uh, who called him to his face, Uncle Howie, once, and he did not like that. He had a very noticeable change in his face. And, like, you know, you know what like that reminds that. me of? That reminds me of a Shark Tank episode when Mark Cuban <laughs> was, like, trying to save these, like, two, like, uh, like 20-something rise and grind people making mm-hmm. this, I don't know what, like, something that could be sold on, like, QVC. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, they were, like, failing their whole, like, you know, all, all the other sharks, you know, who were trying to invest were like, I'm not about this. I don't really think you guys are have the right attitude. But Mark Cuban tried to take a different approach and was, like, trying to develop them and everything. And then the guy called him Cubes. And, like, the whole <laughs> atmosphere completely changed. He goes, Cubes? Cubes? Oh, and he just, like, starts raising his voice. He's like, that's it. I'm out. And, like, Rage quit because he called him Cubes. Oh, my God. Oh, that rocks. Yeah. Uh, Howard was not one to make a scene. He was just, he was, like, very, just, you could tell he was he was very hot <laughs> under his collar in that moment. And, uh, and like, one thing that I always noticed was that he he was very impatient, but he was never going to actually, like, let that uh, come out. And so like, we just had to know without being asked that when he comes up and orders his drink, that his drink would be made, uh, who just moved to the front of the line and made immediately rather than in the order of drinks that, uh, that we normally, you know, first in first out, whatever. Um, damn, he is from Seattle. Yeah. So, so we, we had to, we had to like, you know, anticipate his, his needs and say, okay, well, Oh, here he is. Let's make his, his stuff really quickly. And then like, Okay, bye, Howard. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, a, what a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as bad as it was, like, you know, working the Howard store, working any store, mm-hmm. like, um, over the last two years, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, COVID became like a nightmare for like retail and food service workers all over uh, the world and mostly America Um, Mm -hmm. can't have been uh, a pleasant time to be working at Starbucks. Uh, No. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It was, it was really awful. Like they, they, at the very beginning, they offered this like, um, Oh, you know, if you're not feeling safe at work, you can stay home and we'll pay you your normal rate. But that only lasted, you know, a couple of weeks and then it was like, all right, everyone's got to come back into, into work. And of course we'll have all of our, like, um, all of our, uh, um, hand washing and all these things. But, it, you know, to be honest, our store, so the drive through store in Ballard is, um, was, is just very high volume, like absolutely like breakneck pace. And be, once all the Amazon workers started working from home, uh, it went from oh just like God. having a morning rush Mm-hmm. before work where everyone gets breakfast to like literally all day cars lined up out onto 15th street, like all day until maybe uh, at least 12. I, I worked another full-time job after, uh, after Starbucks in the evening. So like I was never there until like after, after 12, but um, uh, yeah, it was just completely constant, uh, constant customers. And like, because we were packed in there like sardines, like there would be like 10 people inside of two, uh, two shipping containers stacked next to each other. There's not room at all for anyone to like move around. We were shoulder to shoulder bumping into each other just all day. You and, were like, within we were, six feet of each other 
at work? <laughs> I was within six feet of like six other people at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's like, not I, allowed. You can't do that. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, if, against the rules. If we followed those rules, then there would only be be able to be like three people in the in the store, <laughs> and there was about ten. Um, but yeah, you know, because, uh, because we have to keep the dollars flowing and because the store was like the only profitable one in the district, um, those coders, we had their to, coffee. yeah, we had to keep going. And I was just like, you know, half the customers at the, at the drive through window wouldn't wear masks. And like the whole time they like, in, in, they expected us to, to like still talk to every single customer. Like you're supposed to, like, if you're standing at the window, like taking orders and you're waiting for their drink, you have to be engaging with the customer and like having a conversation Ugh. with them and I'm like fucking exhausted. Ugh. And I just like, I'm like, you want me to uh, chit chat with someone who's not wearing a mask? Like, and also the, the people who are wearing masks, I can't fucking hear them because the fans are blowing and like, there's a bunch of noises going on. And so like, I just have to go, Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And like, I, <laughs> I did not want to talk to anybody going through that drive through line every single day, but we were expected to, because we needed to improve our customer connections, which they would score. They they oh, scored our oh like God. connections with customers based on like surveys that would they would take in the Starbucks app. Yeah. You're describing hell. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so like for me, I was just like, I don't give a fuck about our customer connection score. I'm trying to make coffee. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. trying to take your money and hand out your coffee and it be fast. And also like the average customer does not want to be fucking chit chatting. Mm-hmm. They want yeah. their shit and they want to go as well. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why they're in like a drive through and not experiencing the personal touch of going into like a place and being, you know, Oh yeah. like, like part of being in the drive through is like, you're in your metal tube away from everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's an isolating experience naturally, but it is, I mean, here you're at Starbucks at a, I mean, totally inessential like industry at the middle or at the very you know beginning of this pandemic at the, city where it started in america maybe potentially who knows um you know and you do get to see i mean this is where you see what capitalism really is right because they were like no no no, still talk to them everybody jam in this booth together uh the money's gotta flow sorry (laughs) you know you guys get covid and die i guess that's just that yeah and like the way that they like tried to tried to like uh rationalize all of this to us was like oh you know at starbucks here we're we're uh uh, you know, some semblance of normal for so many people who are essential, like like nurses and and uh, doctors <laughs> and fucking police, like fucking police officers, like fuck that. Uh, and yeah, for like for like several months during the pandemic, it was like, oh yeah, uh, all of these essential workers, like like uh, uh, nurses and stuff, they're, they're, we're going to give them a free tall coffee. <laughs> Not the grande though. <laughs> no, 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 no. And like, yeah, like just absolutely like fucking. The, the cheapest, like cheapest possible way to go. Like, oh, we're going to just, just a, a tall brewed coffee. Yeah. Brewed yeah. coffee. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think That's nobody orders at Starbucks. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it tastes like shit. It's, it's burnt. Like, let's be yeah, honest. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the one week free trial version of coffee, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it showed like what was, I thought, one of the hilarious responses to the pandemic, particularly early on. When they said, uh, oh, you know, only essential industry, which is, of course, as you mentioned, any business can declare itself essential, right? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. we're essential for morale or whatever. Like there was a we're essential for making profit. 
essential yeah, for commerce. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Only yeah. businesses <laughs> essential for commerce may continue to do commerce. <laughs> well, there was a piano slash organ repair right by my house that stayed open the entire time. And I was just like, look, I'm sure just one guy in there. It's probably fine. But it was just a very funny like, yeah, we're not nobody's taking this seriously. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, well, that, I, I think that's when we were like, that's when we were like, look, half a million people are going to die from this because we were spring children at the time. But like, uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, there, there never were lockdowns in America. Like, no. there's a whole, like, professional class that thinks there were because they have been working from home for the last year and a half. Yeah. But, like, you know, that was that's well, just them. Nobody else did that. The Starbucks thing, Starbucks actually, like, sending its workers home for a week and a half or something was, like, a big thing i mean i remember when they did that and that was kind of shocking and it was yeah. like a kind of major step that it seemed like you know if you wanted to get this under control like some countries managed to do uh you would do more but i think when nobody else or barely anybody else followed the lead and like uh, things started falling into place we're like oh yeah we don't have to do that that whoops never mind uh, and they realized yeah. they would just yeah. be able to go back to business as usual and no one was going to care. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And like the, the whole thing about that is that like the stores never actually really closed. Like they they offered anyone who was who was um, uh, who felt unsafe at work, which, you know, everyone should have been. But some people were like, oh, no, it's fine. I can work. And so they 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 I'm offered anyone who, who felt who felt unsafe to like stay home and they would pay you. And I was like, fuck, yeah, why would I not? Yeah. stay home if i'm getting getting paid like I don't yeah fucking the work. insane what like, a fucking what kind of fucking loser here's like listen <laughs> stay home and collect your paycheck and was like but i gotta brew the coffee yeah <laughs> the exactly. coffee must flow and so they like they moved people around they like temporarily closed a few stores to like um to like accommodate and like kind of shifted people around to to other stores and like eventually they, you know, they closed some stores permanently and laid off a bunch of people. And uh, yeah, that was yeah, the real was, answer. It was a big it was a big uh, fucking mess. But uh, yeah, um, as far as as far as the pandemic goes, like I mean, Starbucks just handled it as, as, as poorly as every other uh, fast food company. They just they just made it sound like, oh, actually, we're doing great. Um, like uh, this store, like we, we had a timer go off every 30 minutes. To, to make us wash our, wash our hands. And then like, we were like, we'd hear the timer going off. Beep, beep, beep. Yep. Okay. And then, and then like, it's like, all right, uh, well, uh, no one's here to take over my duties of like three things, uh, three different jobs that I'm doing. And so like, I guess I'm not washing my hands this round. And so we would let it go. And then of course the next timer goes around. Okay. It's time to wash our hands. 30 minutes has gone by. Uh, and it's just like, okay, nope, still not enough people to come over and, and let me wash my hands. Well, mm -hmm. fuck it. Oh, well, uh, it's been about two hours since I've washed my hands. Okay. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, all those stores are essentially staffed at the like bare minimum amount of people mm -hmm. and you know, it's not like, uh, corporate is like, Oh, we turned in less revenue this week because you guys had to stop and wash your hands. So you were doing less like, that's not like an acceptable answer as well as mm -hmm. for, the, on the consumer side, you know, I'm sure you can speak from dealing with customers. Uh, they're usually not super receptive to this idea either of like their shit got slowed down because you had to do safety 
right? They're yeah, like, yeah. Just and mad like, at you. <laughs> I actually like. I actually wanted to try to unionize uh, at at, the, at, uh, at Starbucks here in Seattle. I, I joined the IWW and I was starting like the beginning parts of the campaign. Like I did a few one on ones, but like because I was working another whole ass full time job, I just couldn't um, couldn't really uh, keep any of it going and uh, I kind of like you know burnt out on it and that was unfortunate but um but uh yeah like I was you know I was really interested in trying to get people to 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 slow down and say hey like we don't have to put ourselves at risk to like keep this place moving quickly like if we all decide to just literally stop and wash our hands when the timer goes off what are they going to do tell us to stop washing our hands so much like, but you know, I, I would have made that case if I if I could go and and uh, and do that organization, but um, alas, that was not not to be. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, they probably would have said, "Hey, you guys are washing your hands too much." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying to not wash your hands yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. but if you can figure out a way to reduce the amount of time cumulatively within the day that you spend time not serving our customers, uh, if you can wash great. your hands but do it 100% faster than you're doing it right now. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, then that'll work out. Figure it out. We won't ask questions. Maybe and, we can uh, we can uh, we can innovate the same way that they they work on two drinks at a time. Basically, you have two partners standing directly next to each other, and they're washing each other's hands. Yeah. And they can get it done twice as fast. Oh, perfect. There you go. <laughs> That's called teamwork. <laughs> Collaboration. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, I uh, do you have other uh Starbucks stories? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, uh, so during, during the same year, last year, um, in the summertime, I'm sure you all remember the, the awful wild wildfires, um, that were, uh, that were just, uh, polluting the air and, and turning it a a crimson, uh, nightmarish. uh, Yeah. Remember when the sky like turned (laughs) red? Remember Remember when the sky was on fire? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, well, uh, how could I forget my Antifa chapter lit half of them? Yeah. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> uh, yeah. So our store was was still open during those wildfires uh, when the air was not breathable. Um, Jesus. And so, yeah. So there was there was a day when like I got out of work and, you know, I, I went home and took a shower and like I I like was coughing up blood. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't a whole lot of blood, but like I, I coughed and like there was just like it was just like really raspy and I just couldn't. And yeah. And so, uh, I think a few of us managed to like all, uh, you know, we texted the, the, the interim manager at the time and like, we were like, Hey, today was awful. Um, we should, the store should stay closed tomorrow, like full stop. And like, we managed to close the store for about two days. Cause like this, the store is, is seven cubic feet. Um, six with all the people inside of it. So like, and the windows open all day and the windows are open all day. Like, like, like it was, you might as well have been outside, but like, because Starbucks has to, you know, continually uh, be trying to profit. Like they're like, okay, well we'll just pretend like, you know, the air isn't, isn't going to kill you. But like all of us were literally experiencing symptoms and we, we like someone texted me and said, Hey, you know, me, this person, this person, this person, uh, are all texting, uh, the manager to say like, we can't come in tomorrow because I was like, 
like is this this is like this is i mean this is essentially the, the same as a sick out like this is this was an organized sick out which i was like oh shit like that works you know if only i could convince everyone like you know you can do this for anything <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah like like it was a really it was a really great experience to to see everyone saying like yeah we're not going to come in today because it's uh the aqi is 250 uh parts per whatever however they they measure it but um it managed to only be like two days that it was, the store was closed. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was, as, as it started to get better, it was not perfect yet, but then you're like, all right, time to open back up. You know, we'll, you know, we'll hopefully be, um, be better right now. You're wearing masks anyway. So it's, it's fine. Even though those, you know, that it's not the same kind of mask. That's just so real. It's Dickensian. Like, just... <laughs> it's like fucking, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah, it's like fucking mm-hmm. industrializing London, like, you know, mm-hmm. covered in yeah, fucking re- smog. <laughs> that's reading angles talk about what happened to London bake, <laughs> like bakers. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, Christ, that fucking man. sucks. What's so funny about, like, capitalism in general is, like, you know, all of these, like, horrors are suffered for just kind of the most, like, banal things, you know, like, whether it's, like, you know, like a, like a luggage company or, like, you know, like, just, like, coffee, you know, cocoa, literally, like, just, like, cocoa beans, you know, it's, like, all of this is, like, kind of just over stuff that, you know, it's not necessarily like you know like really needed or necessary some might you know get really pissy at me about that because this is about coffee and oh my gosh like people love it but like you know at the end of the day we do not need these things <laughs> that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, like we, we don't need to overthrow you need to overthrow a a uh democratically elected uh nation for bananas yeah yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. what we're we saying is after the revolution there will be no coffee. Who's who's with us? Any? Who's with us? That, that that is my rallying cry. No more coffee. Only milk. I mean, shakes. I don't. I don't know about that. I still drink coffee. Like I, I, I learned to love coffee working at Starbucks, and then I, I learned that uh, Starbucks coffee is shit, and so I, I now drink better coffee. Um, what are some good uh, coffee alternatives uh, to um, Starbucks? Soda. Uh, as far, as far as I mean, I I I bought like a cheap espresso machine and I make it at home um, these days, and so I use uh, like Equal Exchange coffee beans. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, uh, anywhere but Starbucks is is my recommendation for it's coffee. Pretty, it's pretty easy to nice. I'm gonna get Tolly's. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty easy to like find. An independent or small chain coffee yeah. shop or even coffee roaster in this town. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. you know, if you want coffee and you want to get it for. at a coffee shop, like in just about any neighborhood, you can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. the, but I mean, have I, you I considered, walk, the- you know, a block from my house and get two different places for coffee? So but have you considered the fact that at Starbucks, you're sharing a blanket, you know, <laughs> with, <laughs> <that was a> <laughs> I, with like, six like, other people. Oh God. That like when I read that, I almost couldn't believe it. But then I was like, oh no, like this is exactly as dumb as Howard Schultz is. <laughs> <laughs> like like I said earlier, like he is he is uh as dumb as Elon Musk, and he thinks that he can solve all of these dumb problems with these. Can weird... you imagine if Howard Schultz had the same stands as Elon Musk? Like <laughs> Howard Schultz like, ha- no, had he, the he, type he of does. cult of person. Yeah, they're not on Twitter. They're not on Twitter. They're just not on else. Twitter. Yeah. Like uh, okay, so like there were uh, when he was announcing his run for president, like I, all the fucking boomers, like the millionaire boomers. And he would have, he would have won, 
uh, the election for president of Madison Park. Like, I guarantee you. Oh, they yeah, yeah. Oh, they all sure. love him. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, but like, no, yeah, there, there are the, the people who, you know, they're the liberals who, who want, you know, they, they think, oh, we just need workers don't need unions. They just need uh, companies that, that uh, treat them well and compassion. pay them. Right. And like, yeah. and like they, they've cultivated this weird cult of like, Oh, Starbucks treats you. I, I had a customer come into a store once and she was like, I, I only go to Starbucks for coffee because they treat you so well. And like, they, they do so many great things for you guys. And I'm just like, have you like ever talked to a barista, like a Starbucks barista when they're not on the clock? Like <laughs> any, anyone, any one of us will like, as soon as you mention Starbucks, we'll just start just listing. Grievances. <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's infuriating to see these, these like weird Starbucks cultists who just, uh, who just you know they 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 buy the 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 lie that Starbucks is a is a great um, uh, happy place to work for all their workers when like literally they they just they grind you up and they they um, uh, they see you as as replaceable and and uh, expendable. Mm-hmm. Just kind of yeah, goes yeah. to show and, like how I mean just how how beaten down labor has been in the mm-hmm. states where like even just like. Americans, I don't think, can even identify what good labor conditions actually even look like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think like if we could, this type of like corporate propaganda and corporate PR that Starbucks really effectively, um, you know, masterfully has marketed, uh, that just wouldn't fly because we know what that actually, you know, looks Mm -hmm. like. But I mean, like at the end of the day, I think that we (laughs) don't even understand what uh, I don't know, like workers having a say in what they do or like how their workplace is organized, even like, you know, happens. So it's basically like if, if a billionaire tells you that their workers are so great and because I care about like, uh, I don't know, like orangutans in Africa, that therefore, <laughs> uh, you know, a compassionate guy, compassionate company. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that uh, I would guess that that wouldn't be as effective if we actually had like organized labor that has people that actually demonstrates what like a democratically uh ran workplace actually looks like mm-hmm. i don't know that's just yeah, and like that that's why i'm so like emotionally invested in the in the um uh the buffalo organizing uh, that's like, going on because i you know i had the dream of one day organizing starbucks and it never came came to fruition for me but um and my workers my co-workers but but I'm really excited to see um, something actually happening in, in Buffalo. And, and I hope that that can kind of create a domino effect across the country and see like, you know, other, other Starbucks baristas saying, Oh, well, if they did it in Buffalo, why can't we do it here? And then end up organizing so many other stores uh, across the country. And, and mm-hmm. that's the thing, you know, like when, and I think that that's why um, our boy uh, Uncle Howie is like <laughs> going up to Buffalo himself. It's not necessarily because like Buffalo stores are gonna extremely, you know, hurt Starbucks's like bottom line for their qu- quarterly earnings or anything. But it does set a precedent to show that mm-hmm. hey, you know, workers like you can actually get this done and Mm -hmm. that is scary when you can actually like embolden and i don't know uh you know show like workers a different way than like you know the uh, vision i think that like him and his team are are pushing Mm -hmm. and like some something that i didn't uh i didn't know until i was you know uh, actually uh doing some of the 
the like background work to, to organizing was like a lot of those things that Starbucks uh, uh, parades as like, Oh, these are the thing These are the, these are the reasons why it's so great to work at Starbucks. you know, with, with like, uh, Oh, you get like Martin Luther King jr. Day off and you get like, or not off, but like a holiday pay. And you get like, you know, the, the, when they, when they allowed uh, visible tattoos on baristas and like a more relaxed dress code, I learned that all of those things were won by uh, labor organizing. Um, and, and uh you know, so there were workers trying to form a union and trying to organize for these changes. And then in order to kill the union, Starbucks was like, hey, here's a great idea. What if we just decided to do all these things uh, for no reason apart from out of the goodness of our hearts? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, aren't we great? And like they just completely just pretend that the union was not even happening. Mm-hmm. And it would it would, you know, kill, you know, take all the wind out of the sails of the union and then also like give uh, give themselves a bunch of uh, great PR for well, it. Christine. If visible tattoos are allowed at Starbucks, why would you need a union? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the problem was solved. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a sense of what's like going on um, with the Buffalo effort? Uh, I know they're they haven't started voting yet, so I don't think we really know anything except that just Howard Schultz is showing up. Uh, and telling weird <laughs> stories, analogizing working at Starbucks to like being loaded on train cars and being deported to the camps. But yeah, I, I don't know, um, uh, you know, any of the inside information about what's going on over there, just kind of what's been what's been uh, uh, talked about online. I do know, however, though, that because of Howard Schultz's uh, uh, failed presidential run, he has a lot less clout and a lot less of that that magnitude that he he once had. Because he was, you know, for for a period, just uh, the 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 world's most hated man, and he was mm-hmm. he like he broke the record for like uh, ratios on Twitter, where like hey, every yes, every tweet you. he made I, since he since he so like joined amazing. was like was ratioed from everybody of all walks of life <laughs> of every mm-hmm. political persuasion, just completely people dunking on him. And he was, I feel, I believe he was the reason that they, uh, that uh, Twitter decided to change the way that they display numbers so that they, you can't really see the ratio yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an achievement. I mean, he's a real case of like, uh, the old adage, like, uh, buy the rumor, sell the news, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> once he, for, he was, you know, he was one of, uh, uh corporate America's top CEOs, a mm-hmm. a like you know rags to riches startup story that wasn't tech but retail you know food service mm-hmm. uh a beloved brand in city and suburb across america and people really thought like oh yeah he could be president or he could you know this guy could do anything he's like mm-hmm. like people were really gassing him up that way in certain newspapers and to his face i'm sure my god what people would tell that guy and that that's an uh, it was an unknown question you know those mm-hmm. you couldn't really put to the test like does this guy have any juice at all uh does it is he worth a goddamn like outside of right. the extremely narrow like set of circumstances that left him led him to where he was and once you <laughs> once you start to even just putting it out there even just like once you do a fucking like listening tour uh which was really just like a rambling tour uh, oh yeah, I uh, think with, that wasn't that where he 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 um he coined the term uh, 
people of wealth or people of means to yeah, to, yes, uh, yes, to create some mean, person dude. first oh, la- language uh, oh because he's God. considered billionaire to be a slur. Yep. Good God. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but like because, I consider it to that, be a slur. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you, Uncle Howie. Yeah, like, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite slur. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like like um, uh, because of that whole listening tour that he did, and he's he's just like if maybe if you know three or four years ago, if if he had um, tried to you know go to Buffalo to make the same speech to to try to kill the union, it might have worked. But now, you know. Uh, people might look at him and be like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Like, I'm not going to listen to him. He's an idiot. <laughs> He's a universally hated blowhard. Like, yeah, uh, yeah like, I th- that's the thing. It's like, once you do that, like, he he spent whatever capital he had to do something else, like, post-Starbucks, he fucking blew it. Now, probably anything he was going to try to do with his own as his own, like, mm-hmm. personal brand was going to fail, but, like, the second you you set out on that road and are like, yeah, maybe I want to be president. All all the all the confusion, all the mystery, all the possibility is gone in an instant when it's you know, like no one's wondering yeah. anymore. We're all very sure you could never be president, Howard. Well, when he, when he resigned in like early 2016 or or or, uh, or or I think it was like 2017, like or I can't remember exactly when it was, but I, I feel like he was he was originally banking on Hillary Clinton winning the election and becoming her yeah. labor labor secretary, mm-hmm. which would have, yeah, like, I would have been fucking, I would have just blown my brains out on the, on the floor. Secretary of, Starbucks. Like, of I, labor. Absolutely. Like absolutely cursed. Yeah. Absolutely cursed concept. Like there were, there were rumors that he was floated as like the, Oh yeah. The, uh, the, I remember that. Yeah. 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 I think he was the front runner, which is why it was so funny that when Trump like made the head of like Carl's Jr. or something as secretary <laughs> of labor and people were all mad. And it's like, what do you think Hillary was going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, come on. Just yeah. Same. I mean, that that says it right there, man. Mm-hmm. Like the fundamentally same fucking parties, just cult- mm-hmm. cultural brands, just different cultural brands. Mm-hmm. You know what? I would rather eat at carl's jr any fucking day of the week than starbucks don't get me started on the fact that the food fucking blows at starbucks um oh it does yeah it's uh, it's garbage it's not a restaurant i i I fucking i i people fucking chow that stuff down at work often on like a cheap job at work or like where they don't want to pay for a real breakfast there's always fucking starbucks breakfast and people are like oh yeah this is the good stuff and it drives me fucking nuts because, like, I, I'm sorry, it's not a restaurant. It's shit is made in a yeah. fucking factory somewhere else, and then brought and then fucking microwaved in front of you. The fucking indignity of watching a sandwich be pulled out of a fucking refrigerator <laughs> I, I, case. Okay. Greg, first off, I've seen this happen at multiple New York restaurants, by the way, where they just yeah, microwave yeah, yeah. the food in front of you. So <laughs> that is you're making a cultural assumption, first off. But everybody knows that Starbucks is for milkshakes. Yeah, That's it's the caffeinated milkshakes. That if you want a caffeinated milkshake, go to Starbucks. If you want a breakfast sandwich, go to fucking McDonald's because oh, they God, will yeah. cook it there in a kitchen and serve I it. I mean, to you. I mean at McDonald's, it's all you know. They'll they'll assemble it for you, but it's all you know. They'll microwave it and then assemble it and then hand it. Yeah, people yeah. get no, mad. See, this you, is the uh, difference. This is the difference. Good. Like yeah. they no 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 no. I will defend. <laughs> I don't even eat this shit. This but is I like will the fifth t- time Greg has done this rant. <laughs> it's yeah. been years. Yeah. It's been years, Brian. <laughs> they, well, the main thing is, they have fucking what? griddles at at uh, McDonald's. Okay, they have 
McGriddles. McGriddle. Hey, and they put <laughs> fucking meat and eggs on it, you know, or they have little things like egg shaped uh, griddles that they cook it in. If you order the egg McMuffin, the regular egg McMuffin, where the kind where the egg is like white and yolk, that is an egg, a whole egg someone cracked in that kitchen when you ordered that fucking thing or that's, in, their, no, that's in a not, fast hour. Not necessarily when you order, but in someone time in the last like half hour. <laughs> And cracked into a little pan and actually fried it. I worked, I worked at a McDonald's, Greg. That's not how it works. <laughs> but, but anyways, I think the I one thing... Say, oh, uh, before we move on, uh, so the, the, thing, the thing to do for McDonald's breakfast, you get the, the McGriddle and you take your hash brown and you put it on the McGriddle. Yeah. And yeah. it's... It's mm. the most incredible way to eat, eat that. Like, uh, I, There's I no deep fryer at fucking Starbucks. That's true, yeah. Uh, later at say, Starbucks. <laughs> but also, Ronald McDonald would never be so uh, gross as to make a Holocaust reference. Now, he might have participated <laughs> in it, but he did not make any <laughs> crass that, references to that's, it. You know, that's it's, what that uh, lost um, fucking uh, Jerry Lewis movie is about. <laughs> yeah. It's Ronald McDonald doing the Holocaust. You know, it's funny. Whenever, like, whenever I had coworkers, you know, kind of talking up Howard Schultz, and I'm just like... Uh, no, he's like literally he's Colonel Sanders. He's the Colonel Sanders of Starbucks. And like, I don't mm. know if uh, if you've ever heard like the weird stories of Colonel Sanders, like uh, after he sold the company to some to some like conglomerate. Wait, like he's he, a real guy. Just like, oh, Colonel yeah. Sanders oh, yeah. He's a real man. Uh, oh. And like, so he a sold the company. Kentucky Colonel, which is which is a fake colonel. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he sold the company to some uh, to some uh, conglomerate. And then like he would like. When he was like senile, he would and, and crazy. He would just go into the stores and like uh, go to inspect the chicken, and he would just touch a bunch of shit and like and oh, like hell yeah. uh, and like yeah, corporate would just be like to all the stores like okay if he comes in just just like uh, throw out any food he touches and like we'll pay for the, all the da- all the damage that he causes. And I'm like that's literally just Howard Schultz. Like he's just some uh. fucking bumbling idiot. Who, who thinks that he's awesome. Christine, you, you are, you are <laughs> describing rocks. this in a way that sounds like it's a negative, but actually, um, that is direct action and is the fastest way to communism. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the reason that Starbucks may actually uh, lose the fight against the union is because um, they made the mistake of offering uh, transgender health care and everybody knows that every transgender person is a communist. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so. <laughs> By attracting all the trans people, they've they've uh, sealed their own fate. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, <laughs> it's a demographic problem that they've got a <laughs> they've unleashed a demographic bomb in their uh, in the polity of uh, Starbucks workers. Perfect. Yeah, um, the, the well, Vanguard. They'll, they'll, they'll simultaneously have uh, work slowdowns and posting speed ups. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> mandatory hyper pop listening sessions too. Uh, oh man! My no only one... regret is that I didn't realize I was trans until after I quit Starbucks. Like I was like, I could have gotten all my fucking yep. hormones and my like certain <laughs> this and that, and it's just like, nope. Like two months after I left, I was like, oh shit! Actually, I wasn't just <laughs> I wasn't merely depressed to uh, to uh, you know uh, completely low levels. I was also. Uh, having these other problems, but I just, it was masked by the fact that I was like, oh no, I just want to die because I work at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of clouds everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Realization. Like, no, like, I, 
I put it like I put a uh, like a, a, a just my initials on my on my name tag because I was like I can't stand listening to my name when people say it. It's, it must be just because uh, uh, I panic whenever someone addresses me when I'm working at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean that is that is life under capitalism, man. Your mm-hmm. your immediate problems of your fucking job and everything else are so fucking bafflingly awful that like you can't really even figure out anything else yeah mm-hmm. congratulations on your recent glow up um how <laughs> has it Im- has it improved your uh posting prowess because i mean no no one posts like a trans communist uh it's true my my uh partner uh who not my starbucks partner but my my living partner yeah my partner says that my posts are, are uh, much more um much more fun and not so uh so cringe all the time so and, but what uh, about just, uh, just strict their feedback's volume. the only ones that i matters just like volume yeah. like are oh, yeah, you just I mean, cranking that, it out that, you know now that i'm only working one job i have a lot more t- free time to post yeah i think like the new class of posters like um claire pennis is someone who i've been like following a lot the person who coined the yassify thing where like you know you like yassify your face with a face app like putting it through a thousand times um she is like one of like the funniest people like online i've ever seen you know so i mean if that's that's Mm -hmm. any indication Besides um, you, of course, Christine. But I mean, like, <laughs> to the point, I mean, trans communists are, are taking dubs online every mm-hmm. single day. If you ever want to hear more uh, awful Starbucks stories, um, I I'll, my partner actually has has many, uh, many of them. Um, I'll, I'll just tease this one. There was a time when when um, uh, there was uh, literal like uh, sewage and shit uh, uh, like backing up out of the floor drains and they were told to stay open and keep serving coffee like over over a puddle of shit on the floor hell yeah uh, oh, yeah and God. so yeah that that's a whole story that, that they can tell you if you're ever interested but uh fuck um, yeah it's it's a whole it's a whole lot get get your uh, is if your partner's not on the discord um get them on the discord and uh that will be an exclusive uh patreon <laughs> story so if you're not on Patreon, uh, get on that because you're missing out on a uh, bonus content here. <laughs> Patreon, we always promise extra yeah. shit content. Yeah, they uh, yeah. yeah they they All refer the to it shit. lovingly as the the putastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, there's a uh, lot of gates, you know. I I, I just want to say again. I mean, like we've talked about it on the show before. Like, I mean, Howard Schultz very early on in in my um, brain development uh, turned me into the literal Joker when he um, sold the Sonics away. And um, you know, I like that was like the first time I've actually like really been like mm-hmm. like alienated to the point where I like felt like something was just deeply fundamentally wrong with the world mm-hmm. that I was living in and like he was like this scapegoat so like for like it, since like childhood i have like hated that man i mean like it's truly like cannot cannot even like overstate how much like that guy like did you know mm-hmm. did a toll on my on my on my young young yeah young i guy. i i kind of feel the same way i i i say to this day that that uh howard schultz is the reason that i'm a communist like i i i uh there was there was a time in 2016 before I moved to Seattle where like there was it was the summertime and literally like in order to shore up some some quarter three 
uh, whatever, uh, you know, profits, they were just like, we need to cut hours, cut hours, cut hours. And so like, yeah, people were getting sent home with like half the hours each week that they would were scheduled for, uh, for no reason. And like, they were, they would just, they would just gaslight and say like, Oh, we're not cutting hours. Like there's, there's, we're just using the normal hour amount of hours that we are, are normally allotted. And like, uh, like it was obvious that there, there was, you know, things going on and, um, uh, you know, it caused, you know, a bunch of, of, uh, petitions and, uh, you know, la- labor actions that didn't go anywhere because they weren't actually like, uh, organized labor things. It was literally just people saying like, Oh, let me sign this petition to ask Starbucks to please, uh, st- stop taking please away stop our hours. trying to juice your quarterly earnings per share. Yeah. <laughs> stop trying to beat the consensus estimate. <laughs> and so, and yeah, so like that, that whole summer was like, oh my God, no, it turns out that they don't actually give a shit about us and they would uh, gladly uh, watch us starve to increase their profits. And so that was the moment. And of course, you know, the, the Bernie Sanders campaign, the, you know, number one was, was uh, going at the time. And I was just like, oh, this guy's got some good ideas. And that's kind of when I started to, uh, think more, you know, critically about, about, um, that kind of, you know, happy, uh, liberal capitalism that, that was being sold by the democratic party and by like these liberal companies like Starbucks. Uh, and I was like, Oh, actually, no, this is all shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That rules. Well, you know, it's, it's cool. It's cool that Howard Schultz made like two communists out of like the half of the mics on here (laughs) have been made communists by Howard Schultz. (laughs) <laughs> the rest of us are uh, right-wing economic nationalists because of George <laughs> Schultz, so thus we have the two sides. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, the, this is the thing. We show all perspectives on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We show and, like, both this is, sides. This is the America that Howard Schultz wants. He wants all of us to come together to in the third the place over, over a cup of Starbucks coffee yeah. uh, and, and talk about our differences and yeah. uh, come to... Uh, uh, meaningful and uh, wonderful uh, common ground uh, amongst um, <laughs> all of all of Schultz's children. <laughs> yeah, Think of all the, the coffee, coffee summits we missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could have heard of what you know what roast each cop chose at the coffee summit. Yeah. Oh God, like... <laughs> we're coming oh. together over common grounds. Ha 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 ha. That's <laughs> oh. uh, I, idea. I guarantee you that one of I guarantee you that one of his uh, books actually has that pun in the title. Yeah, probably. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, so oh no, uh, it, was, it was from from the ground up. Was his was his uh, book that was on, oh, God damn on his most recent book tour? From the ground oh. up. <laughs> oh my god, hate it, cursed. I, honestly, that's I hope it. It really, if you want to make like you've, if you want to uh, squeeze the, the all the juice out of that pun, it should be from the grounds up. But anyway. Um, because you get that it's the phrase from the ground up without it. Never mind. Anyway, um, Greg's looking for that punch up job. Uh, <laughs> I'll pass it along to, hey man, to Mr. Money Schultz's for old campaign. rope, dude. M- money for old rope. I would take it. Um, so, uh, thank you, Christine, for sharing mm-hmm. your stories about mm-hmm. Starbucks and good old Uncle Howie. Um, Brian, do we have time for a special treat? Uh, yeah, we could do it. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, you know, books written, uh, from Seattle, 
Seattle prodigy from our Seattle leaders <laughs> from Seattle leaders political leaders and uh let's say moral community leaders as well uh our favorite police chief Carmen Best has been hard at work uh you know working for an unnamed security company <laughs> being the uh official police reporter for MSNBC <laughs> Uh, divorcing her loser fucking husband and uh, getting right up to the New York Times. Girl boss stays winning. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> along with all that, can you believe it? She had time to write a book. Uh, oh, moving up to Thought Leader. Thought Leader, exactly. Public this book is Intellectual. Called, it's called oh, Black and yeah. Blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this book is called Black and Blue. And we just wanted, I, you know, we is might that just... Bl- black and Blue? Like bruised? Black or... and Blue. No, no, no. <laughs> black Black in blue. Oh, black nice faces in high yeah. places, <laughs> and specifically uh, the bluest of places. <laughs> and she, which which one of those uh, do you think she values more—the black or the blue part? Yeah. But anyways, uh, like pull. <laughs> we thought we would, uh, you know, drop in maybe some excerpts occasionally as we go to the show. This one's from chapter two, which is called "Genuine Relationships Are Important." And uh, it's a section called The Value of Adaptive Adaptability. What, what meaningless drivel. That's <laughs> awful. What does that mean? Well, it seems <laughs> meaningless, but wait, wait till we get to the important lessons I'm about to bestow. Now, I will have to mention, this is almost written entirely as dialogues. Like, it's very Socratic in that way. But, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mom, don't get mad. But I told my mother over the phone. I could tell by her silence she was ready to get mad. After all, what else could I expect her reaction to be if I started my sentence the way I did? Am I right? I took a deep breath and just spilled it out. I'm going to stay in the army. You what? There it is. I thought as I braced myself for impact. Girl, have you lost your precious mind? (laughs) My mom said, as I heard my father in the background ask her, what's going on? Mom, hear me out. I hope she'd be receptive to my choice. You got so many track and field scholarship offers to Annapolis, Bellevue Community College, Eastern Washington University. She 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 went went on on and on, speaking so fast. Wait, so she's mad she's... Staying hold in on, the army because she wants on. her to join the Navy? Hold on one sec. <laughs> she went on and on, speaking so fast, she reminded me of those people at the end of pharmaceutical commercials listing all the side effects. This army stint Relatable. was supposed... Oh, sorry, this is you, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this army stint was supposed to be a summer thing, not a career choice. <laughs> Oh, yes. So, uh, who, who joins the army for the summer? Like, oh, it's summer camp. Let's go. Yeah, she definitely implies that the uh, army was like just a thing you do on one like, weekend. Besides besides uh, Pete Buttigieg, who, who goes to yeah. who goes to the army just to just to like uh, take pictures? And, the and, uh, yeah, you have to belong to another federal organization first. Although I will say hilariously, I just love this sentence right about the because this is just, she's trying to do a little, like, glow up of herself here. The putting in her mom's mouth. You got so many track and field scholarships. But notice the declining schools here from yeah. the, the Naval College <laughs> at Annapolis to Bellevue Community Bellevue College. Community College. Washington University. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Just amazing. So anyways, Carmen, 
let's just say she speaks truth to power and uh, gets her mom to let her join the army. (laughs) Wow. Surprisingly enough, she didn't make a big fuss and just let me go deal with the consequences of my own decisions. And boy, did I face consequences right away. I don't believe that Carmen Best has faced consequences for anything in her entire would life. Would she have well, to this, invade this is, Grenada? Like, prepare well, what to empathize wrong? with Carmen Best. Yeah, here, I'll be, I'll be the recruiter. All right. Carmen, where do you think you're going with this truck full of stuff? My, recru- my recruiter admonished me when he saw the fully packed trunk I had taken with me. I looked at him, then at my trunk, then back at him. What? I shrugged. I need all of my stuff, I said nonchalantly. (laughs) That night, my mother came to the hotel where we were staying because we had an early morning flight to our military base. (laughs) Together, we went through everything I brought. By the way, the way she writes is it sounds like Buster Bluth, like telling his family (laughs) that he joined Army. (laughs) Together, we explaining it to a child. Yeah. I need these for Army mother. (laughs) (laughs) Together, we went through everything I brought, all sorts of needless cosmetics and clothes, and packed the essentials into a much smaller bag. The like next press day, press out of hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the 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 uh, the seal metal, you know, all the stuffed animal metals. The next day, after she left to go back home with all the things, literally a trunk full that the army considered to be extras and therefore unnecessary, I got on a flight heading to Fort McClellan, Alabama. Once there, dozens of women processed in, receiving shots, equipment, uniforms, paperwork, and so on. We then boarded buses that took us to what would be our new home for the next few months. The bus stopped, and this mean-looking guy got on and started yelling. You've got five seconds to get off the bus. I looked around at the other women and wondered, who is this guy? Why is he yelling? <laughs> hey, and if what's he had... the deal with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and if he had lost his mind. Oh, I forgot to mention, it was summertime. Alabama in the summer, and I was brought up just near Seattle, Washington. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't understand what she means. Um, genius, <laughs> genius writing here. Like, but, this is way, like Pulitzer Prize level writing. She <laughs> does not leave it at that because literally the next sentence is, get off the bus in five seconds, I thought. I felt like it was a million degrees outside. Wait, I thought we were leaving it at that. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad that she explained it because I didn't that. get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't get but, the juxtaposition there. <laughs> so I love the thing. I, I love this. Like, who's this guy getting on my bus as I go to army and yelling at me? <laughs> I, it. This is fascinating. I initially thought this is just going to be a boring book that some ghostwriter wrote for or farted out. I legitimately think she wrote this. That's it's uh, that's I mean uh, she at least dictated the, it to someone. Ghostwriter stole the fucking money yeah. if like if they did because that's not yeah that's that is this I'm is with you with that she wrote writing. this shit that is yeah this, this is, is like writing. this is like a a sixth grade fucking essay. All right, Moonia, give me that next drill sergeant line. You got five seconds to get off the bus, and four have already gone. He yelled again as the women hustled, frantically grabbing their gear and fleeing the bus. And I was starting to feel kind of lonely and in the spotlight because I felt like he was talking to me now. Get off, get off, get off. He yelled 
and the only other women on the uh, and the only other woman on that bus jumped out of her skin and off her seat and quickly got off the bus. You have got to be kidding me. I was this <laughs> I was this itty bitty person and I have been sweating while sitting down. Imagine if I actually got out in that Alabama heat and humidity. I would have melted in no time. But this guy oh, just is, is it hot did, in Alabama? She expects <laughs> to just take a round trip bus to Alabama and then back to Seattle and that's army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like well, she she had to know she was going to get off the bus in Alabama, right? <laughs> well, the thing is this guy who we still don't know who this this mysterious guy on the bus who is. Could he be? Who is this who guy yelling at? <laughs> he just wouldn't shut up. So I got up, grabbed my bag and meandered toward him. As I passed by him, he made sure to point out that I was the last person to follow orders. I got off the bus thinking, whatever, you're crazy. And I kept walking <laughs> rather slowly until I heard. Private, where do you think you're going? I'm heading to the. I pointed to where he told the other women to go, but he interrupted me before I could finish my sentence. You better pick it up and start moving. He yelled at the top of his lungs. Okay, I'm going, I'm going. I said, my tone revealing all my naivete of military life. <laughs> By the way, our naivete of military life, that's secret in America, because we definitely don't live in a fully militarized society where, like, every movie and TV show is about the military. <laughs> every yeah. Everything is about basic training. You see the same, like, Saber Private Ryan bits, like, all the time on, like, you know, yeah. just, like, it's not, uh, it, this is all we know, actually, is, like, what, like, going through the military is. <laughs> I mean, this this just looks like it's a novelization of Stripes. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> or, I, read it. I literally thought of Stripes and I was like, what's the Goldie Hawn one? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Private Sergeant Benjamin. Benjamin. Private Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. It was private. She was like, she not gotten promoted yet, Greg. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. going into basic. <laughs> Sorry, Sergeant Bilko, Private Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> go, go, go. He yelled again, convincing me it was time to pick up my pace. Faster, faster. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> At this point, I was in a full run toward the other women who had figured out before me that we were supposed to sprint to the barracks. Yikes, carrying all our gear and sprinting in the Alabama midday heat? What was I in for? Once in formation, the drill sergeant told us what was expected of us. Oh, thank God we finally figured out who this guy was. I thought it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Then he, told, man. <laughs> then he told us to run. And this time, I didn't put up a fight. But let me tell you, military training is serious business. Really? The, ne <laughs> the next morning, we were woken up at 3.30 a.m. to do our daily physical training. And because it was Alabama and it was summertime, we couldn't exercise in the grass because of the ticks, chiggers, and all the other bugs that thrive in that kind of environment. So we had to exercise on gravel, and that was not fun. No, sir, no, ma'am. But I did it anyway, <laughs> of course. And I was proud of myself for powering through that until I made the mistake of venting about it to my mother. And not a little. No, I dramatized. Mom... You should see what they have us do here, I said in an unnecessarily agitated tone. They have us do push-ups on rocks, and these rocks are digging into your hands. This is hard, Mom. And did I stop there? No. I continued and added more colorful details, heightening the drama. I probably made it sound as if I were being forced to climb Mount Everest in the worst weather with no gear. So what did my mom do? Anybody want to take a guess? 
<laughs> this is sitcom level shit. <laughs> well, she called the base commander and complained about the training oh, we were being no. forced to do. No, that's yeah, not real. Your, Who are these people? This didn't ha- no, that, first off, 100%, almost none of this happens. But no, there's no way that this no, happened. No, no. But this is, this, is, uh, this is the story here. They have those young girls out there doing hard, hard exercise. My daughter is telling me that her hands are all cut up on those rocks. And what did the base commander do? Take a guess. So you get about like eight more paragraphs where she just talks about doing push-ups and how she defeated the (laughs) push-ups by singing uh, the the numbers out. And we conclude with this. Uh, This is the... The whole book is divided. Each chapter is subdivided into these little stories that are supposed to have little morals at the end. So this is our takeaway at the end here. But I remember the months I spent training in the military fondly because they taught an invaluable lesson. To advance in life, whether in your career or just as a human being, you have to adapt by following directions and going through what you have to go through, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's painful. Cutting quarters won't do you any good. And I learned that lesson the hard way. So her lesson from all this is, you know, sometimes in life you got to just follow orders. <laughs> Even if it's uncomfortable. I can't wait to see this adapted into the all-female reboot of, stri- of, uh, of Stripes. Um, <laughs> which is oh just as joyless God. as the, as the uh, uh, all-female Ghostbusters reboot. Christine, you're manifesting yeah. something truly <laughs> oh, evil. Oh, my God. Well, it's dark. Or it'll be, it'll that's be dramatized. manifest into, like, a culture war, too, being like, oh, you hate women because you hate this movie now. Like... <laughs> 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 well, uh, thanks, uh, Carmen Bass, uh, for that literary work. You know, I, I initially when I read this, I was I was shocked because I was like, she actually wrote it, which is pretty funny to me. <laughs> and then I was like, that's the headline, man. Carmen Bass writes her own book. Incredible. It, it's it's so bad. I mean, In no an afternoon did that. Yeah, I mean, it's it struggles to two hundred pages, this large was font, voice big spacing. This yeah. was literally voice to text, yeah. like just stream of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. And the funny part then was I was like, well, who is this for? And like, is this just a way to give Carmen Best a check? Right. That isn't just like, hey, uh, thanks for tear gassing all those protesters. Here's some money. Uh, it's a way to give a check without like just doing it. But then I realized all of a sudden, no, my boomer dad would love this section that I just read. Does he it would have be- coloring pages for him? Yeah, yeah, basically. You color in the margins. But yeah, my, my boomer dad who doesn't read any books would read that and be like, that is what army is like. I remember too. So a true. It's the even so though my dad meme. was in the army for a long time, none of these memories, like all boomers, would be his actual time in the army. He would just be remembering movies. Movies. About yeah. being in the army. <laughs> right? He'd be like, yeah, some guy yells at you. And then John Candy is like, uh, you know, I swallow a lot of anger and a lot of pizza, right? I remember that. Yes. <laughs> like, that kind of reminds me of how, how Ronald Reagan would remember times that he was, you know, that he was in the army or in a, in a cowboy or, you yeah, know, yes. and, <laughs> and he was just remembering uh, movies that he was in. Yeah, the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the fate of all old men. But yeah. But yeah, I just, I loved it. it. And uh, all I can say is more segments from Carmen Best's book will be forthcoming. <laughs> So, a lot more where that came from. <laughs> All right. Manifesting uh, Ivan Reitman, make it happen. All female stripes. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. Maybe, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, we. I mean, you know, Melissa McCarthy. We got to get all of them back in for the you know oh my same, God. same cast. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh boy, what could go um, wrong? Yeah. yeah, they can invade fucking China at the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the lessons that they all like band together and like invade China. <laughs> uh, okay, well, Christine, thank you so much for thank you so much um, for having me. I had a great time. On. Yeah, yeah thanks so much. Fun. This yeah. is awesome. Um, everybody, check out uh, at my cheese monster on the Essential internet. Essential follow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. Yeah, no, funniest account in Seattle, I say. Um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody. Um, stay tuned for more snippets from uh, Black and Blue. I think we just <laughs> have to hear more of this. Like, I gotta know to... where the rest of these stories are going. I need yeah. more, oh I need my more God. lessons like, about the importance mm-hmm. of following orders in the, you know, in the face of Even intense public pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to do the wrong thing when everybody's telling you to do the right thing, but you just gotta yeah. do it. Put your uh, nose to the grindstone. Turns out the stripes that we were looking for was was a thin blue stripe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh One minute, they might even call it a line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and thanks, uh, Brennan and Nate, our new patrons. Welcome to the fold. Yeah, Get on the Discord. Oh, and we have some uh, new uh, addition to the managing editor tier. Kareen, thank you for bumping hey, up to uh, managing you. editor tier of... Uh, <laughs> Mechanical freak. Your opinions are now our opinions. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, just give a quick shout to to everybody that is uh, fighting the recall vote against Shamaswat. If uh, I know they're still doing canvassing or canvassing, but knocking on doors and uh, doing phone banking and stuff. So you know, if you have the time and the inclination, which you should, go volunteer for that. So important. Yeah, Get on out there. Yeah, it's all about that shitty fuck bullshit fucking recall go through. Oh, That'd be God, so fucking no. embarrassing. I mean, it's, it's so just fun. it would be awful. Uh a, a real low, a real low that I don't think we want to face. So yeah, get out there, get on the phones, hit the doors. Um we also have a uh if you haven't already checked out, we have a new ending the myth with esteemed professor historian Dr. Richard White. Um, we're talking reconstruction in the Gilded Age. And so uh, it was a really fun, uh, it was a really, really fun interview. Uh, it was really awesome to get Dr. Rice's perspective and, um, you know, in such a critical era. So uh, go check that out and uh, tell your friends about Ending the Myth if you haven't. Yep. Yeah, check it out, guys. It's uh, a must listen, awesome, informative, and funny interview. And uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah. Night, everybody. I think we can say goodnight. Good night. Good night. <laughs>